is absolutely without a doubt and a very conspicuous anointing in this building today and I just feel this in my spirit that if you would just lift your hands right now where you are whatever you're you need wherever you are in life whatever you need the God of supply is here father touch all of us not just some of us because in reality we all stand in need today and we confess we not only want you we confess we need you and I ask you to supply all of these people needs according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus Some need to feel love today. Let them feel that love today. Some need provision today. Would you be Jehovah Jireh to them and provide for them? Bless this time. In the sanctity of your presence, we give you praise in Jesus' name. One more time, everyone. Let's, let's give Jesus Christ, the King of Kings, the praise today. Just before you sit down, I always get somewhat, not just intrigued, but concerned in moments like we just enjoyed. Because those moments are like doors that God drops out of eternity into time. And in that moment of manifest presence, he's omnipresent, we know that. But sometimes his presence is tangible. And when it's that tangible, it's his endorsement that we're in the right place at the right time. And that door drops out of eternity into time right in front of you. And so many times I see those moments of worship like that. And I get concerned that everyone doesn't pass through that portal. What does that mean, Pastor Rick? You take a step closer to him. And he said, if you will draw nigh unto me, I will draw nigh unto you. So in those moments, please don't let those precious moments pass you by. Amen? God is good, isn't he? I'm going to get right into the word. Man, this is a really important moment here. Matthew chapter 15 is where we're going to go. You know what? I'm going to break protocol here. If you're in this building today, and you sensed what we're talking about right now. Many of you felt that and you were thinking, man, I, I'm compelled to just go to that altar. And you were hoping, some of you were praying, man, I wish they would just call us to the altar right now. If you need a touch from God, come to the altar right now. We will social distance. We'll, we'll keep our space. But if you want God to touch you today, you, you recognize something was unique about that moment. Would you, would you come? Would you just let the Holy Spirit seal that for you? Just come on. Beautiful. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Hallelujah. If you're not coming up here, would you at least maybe stretch your hands this way? These, these people are saying, I felt God here today. And I want to draw closer to him. Father, we lift our hands now in this altar. The altar is the place of change not just adjustments. Change us. 
we say with David today, search us, O God, and see if there be anything in us that would violate your presence and remove it far from us. Lord, I pray not just for forgiveness, but I pray for cleansing because there's a refreshness that comes with that cleansing. And I pray, God, that you will refresh your people even in this altar right now. Hallelujah. You know what I see? God has given your dream back to you right here in this altar. Your dream is coming back to you. The thing you saw in prayer is coming alive in your spirit again. God is about to transition you into a place you've never enjoyed before. Hallelujah. You made a big step today. And I'm telling you in Jesus' name, he's touching you. He's reviving you. He's refreshing you. He's renewing you. And I hear the Holy Ghost say, let it go. Just let it go. Let go of all, everything that's been holding you back, restricting you, obstructing your progress. Let it go today. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Now let's give him praise for touching these incredible people in this altar today. You don't have to high five anyone, but look at someone close to you and tell them I receive that in Jesus name. <clears throat> then you may return to your seats. God bless you today. <clears throat> I have decided to follow Jesus. How many of you re remember that song in this building? I have decided to follow Jesus. Let, let's sing that a little bit, Jamie. Let's just sing it. I have it. decided. That's it. To follow Jesus, yeah. I have decided right. to follow Jesus. I have decided Hallelujah. to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. No turning back. Hallelujah. No Turning back. No turning back, no turning back, I have decided to follow Jesus. To follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided. No turning back. No turning back. As you rest on your feet, Matthew chapter 15, verse 29. And Jesus departed from there and came nigh unto the Sea of Galilee and went up into a mountain and sat down there. And great multitudes came unto him, having them that were lame, blind, dumb, maimed, and many others, and cast them at Jesus' feet, and he healed them. Say those three words with me, please. He healed.
healed them. Insomuch that the multitude wondered when they saw the dumb to speak, the maimed to be whole, the lame to walk, and the blind to see. And they glorified the God of Israel. Then Jesus called his disciples unto him and said, I have compassion on the multitude. I have compassion on the multitude because they continue with me. Because they continue with me now three days and they have nothing to eat. Listen what Jesus says. I will not send them away hungry. I will not send them away fasting. Lest they faint in the way. I'm going to preach a message this morning that is entitled, Shall We Continue? Look at someone close to you and just ask that question. Shall we continue? Father, thank you for your presence that we've enjoyed. The intensity of the praise. The intimacy of the worship and now we lean forward for the instruction that comes from your word lord i pray a jabez blessing over these people that is an indeed blessing of enlargement i thank you god that we will peer into our futures today with great excitement and great enthusiasm because you have been so good to us bless our time together we break every generational curse and any generational spirit is dismissed from this sanctuary. Have your way in Jesus' name. Let's everybody give him the biggest, loudest praise that we can possibly bring to the sanctuary. That's pretty good, y'all. My Bible says, clap your hands, all ye people, and shout to God with a voice of triumph. Hallelujah. Amen. You may be seated. God bless you. 2020 has offered us a maze of inconsistencies. Can you say amen to that? I've learned something that we will likely continue the things that we were consistently doing. I want to really encourage you as we approach the crossover, the transition into a new year, that you do not allow the inconsistencies of 2020 to accompany you into the year of 2021. When things are inconsistent and unpredictable, like they have been in 2020, I, someone asked me the other day what was predictable about 2020, and I said that it was unpredictable. And when things are unpredictable, expectancy goes down. Predictability has a way of leaning into expectation. Psalm 1 says, blessed is the man that delights in the law of the Lord. That's not just the word of God. It is the law that God has instituted in the earth. For example, as long as the earth remains... There will be seed time and harvest. There will be cold and heat. There will be light and darkness. There will be winter and there will be summer. 
These are predictabilities in the word of God. When you plant seed, you can have an expectation of what? A harvest. So predictability is a very powerful thing. And 2020 has involuntarily interrupted our patterns. Things that we would normally do, we had to stop doing. And suddenly we were caught up in the unpredictability of a virus, a pandemic, whatever you want to call it. But I think the one thing we can all agree on is that 2020 offered a lot of chaos. And chaos tends toward confusion. And when people are confused, they are disoriented. And when you are disoriented, it is hard to practice the patterns that you've established in your life. And when the pattern is interrupted, the predictability is absolved and expectation goes down. This is the handiwork of an enemy of delusion that wants to make you believe that the things you've prayed for all of these years, the things you've believed for for so very long are absolutely not going to happen. But we came by here today not just to adjust your faith, but to revive your hope today, to let you know that if God said it, he will do it. God is not a man that he should lie. He will stand by his word. He will come through. Is there any faith-filled believers in this building today? So even though 2020 has been a topsy-turvy year, up and down, unpredictable, and inconsistent. There is one consistent predictable thing that you can trust in, believe in, and it is the deity called God himself. Everything else may change, but God said, I am the Lord and I do not change. When you look at Matthew chapter 15, I was in prayer this morning and I had three words on my mind that wouldn't leave me alone when I woke up at about 3.50 this morning. The words were revealed, removed, and remain. And I thought about 2020 in relation to those three words. And I thought about all the stuff that was exposed to us this year. We went into 2020 preaching Vision, 2020 vision. And the vision turned into a virus. And the prophetic turned into the pathetic. I'm being jovial with you, but nothing happened like we thought it was going to happen. Every preacher I know went into 2020 proclaiming this is the greatest year the church has ever seen. The most interesting indeed. But I started thinking about 2020 by way of revelation and what it revealed to us. It really was a year of vision. It really was a year for us to see things we've never seen before. It was a year of crisis. And we learned that crisis will squeeze the character out of the individual. And it squeezed so hard that 
some characters popped out of some individuals that shocked us. Some of your closest friends, you looked at them and said, I didn't know you had that in you. I've learned something about crisis. Crisis will separate your companions from your critics. And it revealed to us who our companions are and who our critics are. 2020 crisis will always expose either compulsion or courage. A lot of people were compelled and they reacted. Other people took courage and they responded. 2020 revealed the resilience of the church of Jesus Christ. They tried to shut us down in every way. From closing the doors to telling us we can't sing. I get all of that. Remember, I carried the virus for a dreadful 16 days and nights. So I can tell you from experience, it's real. But there will not be any virus that would be strong enough to shut the doors of the church of Jesus Christ. It just should not happen. And we've said and we will continue to say, we will comply until you demand. We will work with your recommendation. We will work with your suggestions. But you'll never demand us to close the door of our church. That'll rest with some of you good. Others of you, it'll ruffle you a little bit. You'll be all right. But it revealed to us that the church really is resilient. And we will find a way to get the gospel to this globe. If it means online, we'll do it online and we'll do it to the best of our ability. But Jesus Christ said, on this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So in mode of revelation, it has been revealed what the church really does look like. Then I heard the word removed. There are things and there are people that were removed from our lives. Some things we thought we would never see leave. Some people we thought we would never be out of relationship with. Some left, some were lost. I was reading Hebrews chapter 12 this morning and it starts out with, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the Father, and he ever lives to make intercession for you and I. Man, what a way to start a chapter. And the chapter ends by saying, everything that can be shaken will be shaken. And those things that cannot be shaken shall remain. And that's the third word God brought to me is the word remain. The Bible says these three remain. Faith, hope, and love. These three endure. Faith, hope, and love. Some things will not be removed. Some things will remain. And that beautiful triune of the character and expressions of God will never be altered, will never be adjusted, 
They will remain consistent in the lives of God's people. Faith, hope, and love. I was reminded of things that remained in Scripture. Y'all excuse me. I start to get a little bit excited when I start feeling the Holy Spirit. But I was reminded of Sennacherib, who was a great threat to the people of God in the Old Testament. And how he came upon a king named Hezekiah. And Sennacherib had conquered every region that he advanced against. But when he got to Jerusalem, there was a king named Hezekiah. And he kept sending letters threatening Hezekiah. And Hezekiah kept sending letters back to him. Basically saying, do whatever you want to do. But you will not intimidate us out of what God has assigned us to enjoy and inhabit. You are not moving us. Finally, Sennacherib sent a letter to him and he said, What are you basing your confidence on? That you remain in Jerusalem in the face of my threat. And Hezekiah let him know our confidence is not in chariots. Our confidence is not in horses. Our confidence is not in men, but our confidence is in the God of hosts. Our confidence is in the God of glory. And I came by to encourage you today, remain. Remain steadfast in your confidence. Don't let this year make you unconfident. Don't let this year intimidate you. Don't let this year make you feel inferior because you serve God. No, I came by to tell you fight. Fight. Fight in your faith. Fight with your worship. Fight with your praise. Fight with the word of God. Fight with the prophetic utterances over your life like a good soldier. I need to know if there's any warriors in this place today. So the Lord really, really spoke to me these three words this morning. Things revealed, things removed, and things that remain. When you look at our text today, Jesus is impressed with this multitude. And he said, I'm impressed with them because they continue. Denoting the idea that some had left, but not this one. Groups had vacated, but not this group. I came by to tell y'all one more time, I'm just going to say this. I'm so happy to be part of a congregation, a community, and a company called Quest. It says, come hell or high water, we're going to serve God and we're going to advance his kingdom. You know, if there was ever a time that would offer you the opportunity to stop believing God, it was this year. If you needed an excuse to stop following Jesus, you could have found one this year. But according to our text, Jesus is not moved by people that leave. He is moved by people that stay. Somebody shout, keep on keeping on. Do you remember what the old saints used to say that? Keep on keeping on. And they would ask you, are you yet holding on? And you would say, yes, I'm yet holding on. And then they would say, well, then keep on keeping on. I need you to look at someone and tell them, keep on keeping on. Let's look at the text. That's all introduction. 
Let's get into some word here. Jesus, the Bible says, had compassion on them. Compassion. No other writer in the Gospels writes about compassion more than Matthew does. Matthew 9, 36, he says, Jesus saw the multitudes and he was moved with compassion on them. Listen, because they fainted and they were scattered. This year we saw one-third of the church leave and go to other churches. I'm not talking about our church. I'm talking about the church in the nation. We saw one-third of the people leave church completely. We saw the church, one-third of the church stay with their churches pre-COVID. They stayed with them. So there was a scattering this year. Shepherds are scratching their their heads wondering, where are the people? What happened? And my Bible says Jesus looked at that condition and he had compassion on it. He wasn't confused about it. He wasn't angry about it. He had compassion on them. When I started looking at all the times Jesus had compassion on people, Matthew 14, 14, he's moved with compassion. Matthew 20, verse number 34, Jesus had compassion on them. Inward affection, tender mercy. I start wondering why we all are so mad. Jesus looked at the same kind of situation when people were scattering from him and he had compassion on them, not anger with them. I just really believe if we would just move with a little more empathy, if we would move with a little more compassion as believers in Christ, I believe not only would we get along better, but we would get along better. We would move forward. Compassion is not a gift. Compassion is a responsibility. I'm going to say it again. Compassion is not a gift of the Spirit. Compassion is a responsibility of the people of God. We must remember that Christ had called us to have compassion on this world. I read this this morning. If you want others to be happy, practice compassion. If you want to be happy, practice compassion. I'll say it again. If you want others to be happy, practice compassion. If you want to be happy, practice compassion. And the Bible says he looked at this multitude and he had compassion on them. Why? Because of the contradictions to them continuing. These people had been with him since Tyre and Sidon. That means they had tracked 38 miles. Listen to me carefully. 38 miles with Jesus on a three-day journey. It took them three days to get 38 miles. Now, it's said that you can walk in one day about 25 miles. Then that tells me that the terrain that they were traveling in was not an easy road to travel that they were going up mountains and down through valleys and through rocky regions, that it was a rough journey. And I think sometimes we get this misconception in our mind that we've all come the same way. We've all been on the same road. 
But I want to remind you today, everyone hasn't walked your path. Everyone wasn't born with some of your luxuries. There are people in this room today that were born into a broken home. They don't know their dad. They never saw a lot of money in their family. They ate to survive, and they survived just to get by. And then one day Jesus showed up in their life. But you can never look at your journey and say everyone came the same way I came. And Jesus had compassion on them because we're going to read in the book of Mark chapter 8 and verse 3. He says this, they have come from a long way. Some of us in here can identify with that. I don't know about y'all, but I wasn't born in church. My brother sitting on the front row, he'll tell you. We was born in honky-tonks, VFW halls, playing country music, watching whiskey go down by the fifth. We were born in a very, very dark, dark way. Now, our family loved us, but they were far from God. God doesn't love us any different than he does the one that was born in the house of God. But we all did not walk the same journey to get to where we are. And Jesus says they've come from a long way. They've come from far. Let me ask this building. Uh, let, let me ask you this in this building. How many of you can say I've come from a long, long way? Few of us, few of us. And, you know, I kind of hold that scripture dear to me. This is just Rick Hawkins' scripture. He that's been forgiven much loveth much. And I look at God reaching for me. He just didn't reach right down here. He had to reach way down in the mud. He loved me that much. And he loves you that much. That no matter where you are, no matter what you've been through, God's arm is not too short that he cannot save you. And our journey is different. See, the predominant element in your destiny is not your destination. It's your journey. Did you hear that? The predominant element in your destiny is not your destination. It's your journey. Your journey is like this. To the human, the predominant element is oxygen. To the sun, the predominant element is hydrogen. To the hurricane, it's wind. To the flood, it's water. But for you, it's your journey. Why do you say that, Pastor Rick? Because God will allow you to go through experiences to fortify your faith. God will allow you to pass through a year called 2020. Not because he don't love you, because he trusts you with this year. I want to remind you that God chose you to go through 2020. He knew you would keep your faith. He knew you would continue to trust him. Somebody shout, enjoy the journey. Verse 30 says this, And great multitudes came unto him, having with them those that were lame and blind and dumb and maimed and many others, and they cast them at Jesus' feet, and he healed them. When I saw this list, my eyes were open that the people that followed Jesus for three days and walked 38 miles, they were not all in perfect condition. 
Some of you have been following him in an imperfect condition. And I want you to know he loves you. When everything said stop, you kept going. And you can find yourself in this list of people. The lame were there. It literally means those who were crippled. They were halt. They were limping. Psalm 38 verse 17 says, For I am halt and my sorrow is continually before me. It means to limp from a fall. Some of us today are halt. We're lame. Not because of what somebody else did. But because of the decisions we made ourselves. Lame in your walk with God. There are many who slip in your walk and you hurt your own self. But the question is, even though you've let yourself down and the greatest disappointment any man will ever experience is when he experiences a disappointment in himself. But you're here today. You could be anywhere, but you are continuing to follow him. You need to say with the prophet Micah, rejoice not against me, O mine enemy, when I fall. Not if I fall, but when I fall. Because I will arise. And I will sit, even when I sit in darkness, the Lord is a light to me. And some of you in 2020, you can say, I fail. Time and time again, I fail. I didn't reach my standards. I didn't reach my expectations. But God says, get up and tell the enemy, don't throw a party too quick. Because as sure as I have fallen, I will rise again. And some of you have dropped down, but today you're going to get up. I looked at the second category of people and the blind were there. It means to be cloudy in your vision. Not totally lost your vision. Cloudy in your vision or smoky in your vision. Kind of like it is in this room right now. When that happens, you lose your sense of direction. When you lose your sense of direction, you lose the significance of your purpose. A man without a vision will always return to his past. The loss of perception, no sense of judgment, can't make right decisions. 2020, the loss of light, there's no illumination, there's no revelation. You say, Pastor Rick, I'm not the lame one. I'm not the blind one. Well, is this you, the dumb one? Oh, I don't mean it like that, kind of. But it means to be deaf. You can't speak, but you can't hear. And I've learned something. It's hard for you to speak stuff you can't hear. If the enemy has attacked anything in the people of God this year, it's our faith. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. You can't speak of faith you've not learned. And some of you do not understand that God allowed you to go through this thing, not to destroy your faith, but to fortify your faith. That faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. When you start speaking what God says, and stop repeating what's on Facebook and the media, then God will bring you out of the trouble and the trouble. Somebody give God praise right there. Shall we continue? The lame, the blind, the dumb. And watch this final category, the maimed. It means those caught in a cycle or a circle. They have been rocked. 
2 Samuel 4, 4 is the story of Mephibosheth and how he was being carried. And the woman that was carrying him dropped him and he was crippled and could no longer walk. And some of you did not hurt yourself. You've been hurt by other people. But you're still here. People have disappointed you. People have shocked you. And you've been hurt by what they've said. And you found out they said stuff behind your back. You didn't know they were saying. And you're hurt. In the Greek, the etymology is like this, to be crippled from an injury, but you're still a member of the body. Somebody shouted, I might be hurt, but I'm still here. All right, I'm going to ask for a little participation here now. Come on, say it again. I might be hurt, but I'm still here. I might be hurt, but I'm still in the house. I might have been hurt, but I still belong to the body. Hallelujah. Some of you are here, you're carrying injuries, but you're here. You say, Pastor Rick, I'm not a part of the blind. I'm not a part of the lame. I'm not a part of the dumb. I'm not a part of the maimed. Well, there's one other category. Many others. That's what he says, and many others. Like if Jesus is saying, in case I forgot you. Some of y'all belong to the many other crowd. May not be lame. You haven't lost your hearing. Here's what it says of all of them. Verse 30. He healed them all. Well, that needs to resonate with you. He healed them all. Can I encourage you? There's a few days left. In 2020. What's today? The 27th? There are a few days left in 2020. Don't walk out of 2020 limping. Don't walk out of 2020 maim. Don't walk out of 2020 blind. Don't walk out of 2020 dumb. Walk into 2021 whole. Nothing missing. Hallelujah. Somebody shall shall we continue? Let me let me finish this thing. Here's the result. Verse 31 says, insomuch the multitude wondered when they saw the dumb start speaking, the maim were made whole, the lame started walking, and the blind began to see. And here's what happened. They glorified God. What has happened to that in the body of Christ? How often we forget to give God praise when he manifests his power. How often we forget to really glorify God when he does something really stupendous and supernatural among us. And I believe that God is bringing that shout back to the people of God that we begin to glorify God for the smallest thing he does and the biggest thing he does. And I think many times when I look at 2020, I consider, man, you know, the details. We were so caught up in everything in this earth that we missed the little minute details of the favor of God on our life. The fact that you got up and ate a pancake yesterday. The fact that you're not on welfare right now. You're not in some hospital right now. You're in this building right now. And God has an expectation of those that he has touched. 
God has an expectation of those who he has healed. God has an expectation of those who he has carried. And that expectation is that we give him all the glory. So I'm going to give you 15 seconds to glorify God in this building. We're at the end of the year, but we're in the house of God. We made it. Come on, somebody shout it, I'm still here. Hallelujah. Well, all of that was the second part of my introduction. Let me get to the conclusion of the introduction. I have compassion on the multitude, verse 32. Why? Because they continue with me. And notice the vocabulary. They continue with me now three days. The third day is mentioned 52 times in Scripture. This is the 52nd week of this year. And guess what? You still got your praise on. I have compassion on them because they have continued for three days. I will say it like this. God is having compassion on you because you have continued for 52 weeks in a year that was unpredictable, inconsistent, chaotic, but you're still serving God. You showed up at the house of God today. So he says, I'm not going to send them away fasting because they've continued with me for three days. He not only healed them, he filled them. Why did he do that? Because he does not only know how far you've come, he knows how far you've got to go. Y'all just missed that right there. God not only knows how far you've come, he knows how far you've got to go. He knows what 2021 looks like. We don't. But I can tell you he's not going to send us in it empty. We're not going into 2021 fasting, meaning hungry. We're not going to go into 2021 empty. We're going to go into 2021 full. 2020 has done everything it can possibly do to empty us. But we are not empty. We are full because God said, I'm not going to send you into another year. Not having enough. He said, if I do it, they're going to faint. If I send them away hungry, they will faint on the way. It literally means to loosen your grip. The Lord spoke to me and said, I'm about to give my people a reason to hold on. Boy, I don't know about it. If I'm sitting there and a preacher told me that, I ain't sitting in my seat. A preacher tell me that, I'm going to jump up and say, talk in the building. The Lord spoke to me and he said, I'm about to give my people a reason to hold on. I'm about to give them a reason to continue. Here's what happens, and I won't go into it. If they leave, they miss one of the most important miracles in all of Scripture. Because the next part of the story is this. The disciples come to him, and they say, well, how are we going to feed them? And Jesus said, how many loaves do you have? And they said, seven loaves and two fish. This is not the same story about the little boy with the five. No, this is seven that the disciples had and two fish. He said, sit them down, and I'm going to feed them. And they said, there's a great multitude. 
He said, just give me what you have. If they leave, if they do not continue, they miss one of the greatest miracles in the whole ministry of Jesus Christ. Can I tell you, because you've held on, because you've been steadfast, because you've continued, God is about to give you a provision that's going to blow your mind. If you can believe that, give God a crazy praise right here. How many of you are ready to continue on with him? Tell your neighbor, I think I'll just continue on with Jesus Christ. I think I'll just continue on with my faith. I think I'll just continue on with this same journey. Woo. Some of y'all are on the verge of loosening your grip. He said, I'm not going to let you go hungry lest you faint on the way. Man, and my heart went to Isaiah 40, 29. Here's what it says. He gives power to the faint. And to them that have no might, he increases their strength. Young people shall faint and be weary. Young men will utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. I came by to tell you, keep walking. Keep flying. Keep running. When you can't fly, run. When you can't run, walk. But whatever you do, don't stop. Whatever you do, do not stop. Continue following. Continue pursuing. Continue praising. Continue praying. Continue worshiping. Woo. I'm going to give you 30 seconds to get that crazy praise up out of you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You need to take a good look at where we are right now. I don't know about y'all, but when I look back over 2020 and think of all the times I could have stopped, could have threw in a towel, walked away from ministry, given up on God, but God said, keep on following because I'm going to heal you when you're maimed. I'm going to give you vision when you can't see. I'm going to heal your legs when you can't walk, but I'm going to give you a reason to hold on. If you need a miracle in this building today, it's available to you. If you need a word, it's available to you. Somebody give him praise because you know that he's going to carry you. Now look, get that attitude on your face and look at three people and tell them, I don't know about you, Tell another one, I don't know about you. Tell one more, I don't know about you. But as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. In a pandemic, we're going to serve the Lord. In a virus, we're going to serve the Lord. In a nation that is divided, we're going to serve the Lord. Is anybody in the building saying, I'm going to keep on keeping on. I'm going to continue. Woo. Hallelujah. 
You getting it? You getting it now? The Greek, the Greek rendering of this exegesis on the word continue to me, it means to resume. Listen to it after an interruption. So you know what I decided to do? Circle 2020. I just circled it. Put a dash neck to it. and said interruption. I don't know where it came from, why it came, or nothing else. I'm not, I'm not that smart. But I can tell you one thing. It interrupted a lot in my life. But guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to resume. Tell your neighbor I'm about to resume. Hold up, hold up, hold up. I just, I just saw something. Oh, Lord, have mercy. You know, I just saw a closed book. Just like this. You see that red and black right there? That's a bookmark. And some of y'all in 2020, you was about right there. And you just... But today, tell your neighbor I'm pulling the bookmark out. I'm going to pick the book back up and I'm going to keep on writing and I'm going to keep on reading and I'm going to go forward in Jesus' name. Man, I, I feel that old fire Pentecostal Holy Ghost move of God thing up in this building. And I think that's what we've been lacking in the body of Christ. That we just fall out and say, Holy Ghost, have your way in the building. And them old saints would fall off into a song like, Hold to his hand, God's unchanging hand. Boy, I, them old songs get me going. Hallelujah. Have you received anything from the word of the Lord today? I hope you have. Shall we continue? I'll ask you. Shall we continue? If your word is yes, shout it. Yeah, we're going to continue following Jesus. We're going to continue no matter the maimed, the lame, the blind. We're going to keep following. Amen. Lift your hands and I'll pray over you before we go. Father, fortify the faith of these your people. Let them rise up in this hour. No matter what we read, no matter what we see, no matter the influences around us, we have decided to continue to follow you. We will continue our pursuit of you. No matter what we're going through, no matter what we're dealing with, no matter the circumstance, we will follow you. We will continue. And you said if we continue, you'll give us something that will not allow us to faint. Give it to them today, Holy Ghost. Give it to them today. Lift those hands and receive it.
Come on, church, sing it today. situations that you do not have the power to change to change you the only thing that cannot change that should change you is God other than that anything you cannot change do not allow it to change you you started with Christ finish with Christ Lord I speak to the maim in the building those who have been hurt during this year heal them I speak to the blind. Give them their vision back. Let them see their future again. I speak to the lame. Those who fell in 2020. They did it to their self. Heal them. Fix them. In Jesus name. Father I pray you will do what only you can do in this building right now. What you are convicted about. And conclusive with is what you will consistently do. Continue. 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 In Jesus' name. Let's give him praise one more time. Amen.